it's symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, my fellow Sky Watchers from all corners of the globe. Welcome to Sky Watchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. As always, I am one of your humble hosts on this strange ride we take every week. I am Angel Espino, and with me, as always, is my humble sidekick, the other guy, Alan Weiler. Say hello to the crowd. Hello, crowd. Yeah, pretty hokey, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's yeah. You well, do better, that's how man, you I'm sounded saying. to me, so I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to. Yeah, up but the that's, game that's to like your the level, intro. Man. That's like the intro. You gotta like really step it up a little bit, there, bro. Okay, fine. Hello, crowd, and hopefully you're having all a great night, and hopefully you're all watching the Leonoid Meteor Shower, depending on what time zone you're in tonight as well. All right, that's tonight, really. Yep. Yep, oh man, tonight. I missed that. No, it's still happening now. Well, yeah, but I'm inside doing a show. Can't kind of go outside and. Well, you can well, stick can... your head out the window. You're you're. I can put some music cord- on. You guys want to hear music? Or... No, you can't. You guys want to stick your head out the window? Call in. Do you guys want to hear music for the next hour, or do you want to hear Nancy Burns and then Robert Salas on the show and talk UFOs? Huh? What do you want to hear? Ooh, choices, choices, folks. Call in seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. That is the call in number. By the way, everybody, please. Podcast info I have to get out there for everybody who listens to the show and likes to download our podcast, which, by the way, Alan, yeah, you'd be surprised. The numbers are pretty darn good for the podcast, man. Well, we all know why. People are starting voice. to listen. People are starting to listen now for who's on the horizon. That's right. Well, we're now on SoundCloud. We've been there for about a month now, and... It is so awesome. I love SoundCloud. And with SoundCloud, we get to actually see numbers of downloads and stuff, and people get to leave comments, and it's really cool. So if you go to skywatchersradio.com and you listen to all our podcasts from that website, it's all on SoundCloud, and everything's in there. I've uploaded all our podcasts from the entire history of the show, even the stuff that doesn't have the other guy, which I know. I am so insulted. I know know, you're going to miss his voice and his input. On some of these episodes, but it's great stuff. We have, you know, past hosts on this show have been really, really good hosts. I mean, some of the top, uh, some of the best, really, in online radio. Jesse so, how Randolph, many episodes are there, and how long does it go? Je- Jesse Randolph uh, was a host on here. Rick Osman was a host on here. Uh, Dennis Crenshaw at one point was a host on the show. Rick Osman is he related to Donny Osman? He might be. Okay. He has a great, he has a great singing voice. But does he have a good sense of humor to go with it? 
oh, come on. Dennis Crenshaw is the man. And oh, I was Rick talking Osmond about Osmond. is the man. No, they're both the man. Oh, See, they okay. come and do it like the Osmond brothers. They're like the brothers. So you got to okay. take them both, you know, Dennis and Rick. You don't remember Unraveling the Secrets with Dennis and Rick, do you? No, not really. Before my time. It's a shame. Now that show okay. has uh, Mr. UFO himself on there. Really? Yeah, Timothy Beckley. He's the uh, the new host of uh, Unraveling the Secrets. I know, and he's a fun guy to talk with. Oh, is he ever? And I guess who's producing it? Guess guess what? Guess what uh, um, 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 Come on, take, take a wild guess. Come on, Keith Rowland. Keith Rowland. No, no, wait, but shout outs to Keith Rowland, the webmaster extraordinaire and the owner of the Dark Matter Radio Network for allowing us to do our thing here every week. But no, 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 no. Guess. Take, take another guess. Another stab at it. Go ahead. Um, 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 Come on, you um, can do better than that. Come on, no ums. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Hang on. There's no ums in radio, son. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> Sorry. No, that 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 wasn't good. There's no crying in baseball. Shoutouts to no. uh, you know, no. League of Their Own. No, just shh. I'm just wait for it. You can almost hear the crickets. Uh, yeah, they're getting hit by the meters and the meters out. Anyway. No, man, I'm <laughs> producing Unraveling the Secrets for him now. Oh! Duh. Oh. That's all I can say. Oh! Yeah, it's a cool show. He's going to be back on with us uh, probably in the next uh, few weeks. You know, he's always fun to have on, so I'm going to ask him, how does it feel not to be on the other other side and be the, the host? Because, you know, he's been doing radio as a guest for I don't right. know, like 85, 90 years. I mean, he, he's been around for a while. Well, you know, he's, you know. Mr. UFO. I think he was the one who invented the UFO. I don't think he invented it, but but he also wasn't the first person to actually actually um, find UFOs. I think he took a time machine back in time, and he was the ancient astronaut. Oh, okay. I thought that's, that's Mr. Sukaluka, look a look a look a No, 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 that's uh, Bishago. Andrew Bushaga. Okay. See, we're all throwing out names here. Hopefully some of the people that are listening tonight know some of the people <laughs> that we're talking about. Otherwise, we're all in the dark. By the way, uh, speaking of never being in the dark yeah. and never being held back again. Yeah. Nancy Burns is going to join us in a little bit, and uh, she's going to uh, join us for the news segment. As now, she is our news correspondent here on Skywatchers. I know, Radio, and I am so, so looking forward to listening to her. Hopefully it's better than last week. That's all well, I'm saying. We, we went on so many different directions. You can't hold that against her. I definitely do not. I love Nancy Burns. She's like a second mother to me. I love this lady to death. But last week, derailed the segment. Early on. And then it got good. Okay, well, you know, these things happen and you have to account for it. But don't forget, the after the you know after that segment or even during the segment the show went on and it actually was a oh, no, good show. it was just the very first part of that of the segment everything else was great like she was awesome it's hilarious well, it, just, it, it really i'm just bitter of the whole you know with the whole sound effects that i played oh your That's sound really effects what it is. yeah i played a little sound effects she was supposed to like be in on it and she like completely derailed it and anyway i'm just dragging up the past but uh you can't hold that against her. No, I definitely cannot. In There's fact, no I crying in podcasts. I will not hold that, hold that against her. I just won't. Because okay, she is Nancy Burns, man. That's right, she is. Shout out Last to Nancy picture. Burns. So actually, you know what? Let's get her on because we have uh, a good 
what, 25 minutes before we hit break, 25, 30 minutes before we hit break, and I know she probably has a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's get Nancy Burns on the show right here on Skywatchers Radio. Let's see if she's ready to go. Nancy Burns, are you there? I am here. All righty. Scared yes. me for a split second there. How are you doing, Nancy I'm Burns? I'm good. I'm good. Are we on live now, or are we gonna yes, come? Yes, we are. No, no, we're no, live. No, no, we're definitely oh. live. No, 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 no. We're, we're not live. Just, just the three of us. Just say whatever you want. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, give yeah. us some secrets, Nancy Burns. Well, I. How, how are you really doing? Huh? I'm doing pretty well, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I did my homework, and I got my news stuff. Oh, killer! <laughs> so this year, this year, this week, it should be great. We this won't year, be around, this week. Right? Well, this year's already been great, but this week, I hope, is fabulous. So what do you have for us this week on the news? Well, I have what I think is a compelling story. And I, of course, have a Google uh, alert set up. And you, anybody can do this. Yeah, for, Google's the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And so I still – it's kind of a zombie alert. Yes, I said it's the bomb. I, I, I use that terminology. Go ahead, Nancy. The bomb. Are we allowed to say the bomb? Yeah, we can say the bomb. Okay. But you can't say it with an accent. And you can't That's say terrorists profiling. or anything. Nope. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. No, no, wait a minute. We're not on the phones. Oh, we're not hold on, on the this phones. is not this we're is not the, the FCC. Air. We're not on FCC rules, so we're good. Yeah, Go so ahead. we don't want to say CIA and we right. don't want to say four twenty and, and we don't want to say UFO. And we we don't want to say NSA, DOJ, uh P B and J and we're losing signal, folks. We're losing the signal. This is like this reminds me of the nineties when Art was losing the signal with the Area Fifty One cop. Oh, oh that's that such was a shame. <laughs> that was a great call. That was a really convincing call. Well, let's take a poll. Let's take a let's take a post or a um, a poll or a bet. A polar post. Do you post. think? Do you think as Art Bell comes back? Do you think that everybody who's currently on the network is going to be swept away? There's not going to be any network except Art Bell. Or do you think we're going to be here in July? I think he will not be able to create enough content to run it just by himself. Hmm. We're going well, to be involved. Yeah, if if they want to continue doing a network, which I'm sure they do, I mean, it's a great idea. And Art Bell, I mean, look, he's he's going to do his show five times a week or so, whatever what it is. But what if he worries that one of us, one of the three of us, any Uh-oh. of the other hosts you can think of, says Uh-oh. something what are you, what are you that will get, up here? you know, you know, am I breaking up? No, 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 you're good. No, says something that is <laughs> litigious or worse, for example. Well, you know. well okay. if, if we haven't been smacked around yet for some of the stuff we've said, I don't think it's going to happen. The only thing that's – the worst that's happened so far is uh, the other guy here insulted somebody by using an accent. And, that, you know, we're apologizing about that. Oh, right? goodness. In fact uh, – Yeah, in my- that's about the worst. Yeah, in my quest to uh, get my hyperzine to get – oh, by the way, this is so exciting. Bill, I got a little a nervous after – no, it's not a secret. I, uh, after we're, we're, not, we're not on live. Go ahead. Just keep talking. Oh. Well, in any event, Monday I blurted out that we were you know, all excited about hyperzine, and then I got, I got a, a paranoid wave overtook me on Tuesday night – or Tuesday – and I realized that we've had people, we've had uh, trolls who have tried to take, yeah, uh, I used to have UFO Magazine, so I had UFOMag.com, but I never bothered with net dot, UFO net. who cares, you know, all that other stuff. Right, right, whatever, well, this, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a guy who's famous for this, and he, he, he got UFO net, and okay. then 
did a replica, tried to do a replica of UFO Magazine and said he was UFO Magazine. And it was just a pain in the neck to deal with him. And I realized somebody could easily get hyper. So anyway, long story short, Bill got the trademark yesterday for Hyperzine, okay. which is oh, astounding. Nice. nice. Yeah. How expensive is it to do a trademark like it's that? It's only a couple of hundred dollars, about two, near, nearly 300 but say 200 and Since I already had the website, I have hyperzine.net. But see, here's the fun, a funny thing. This is going to be the first time in my life I've ever been not on the front of the wave, ahead of things, but way behind because this trademark had been tried and, and, and purchased a few other times, and they let it lapse trying to do some kind of internet magazine called a hyperzine. Ta-da! So now I have it. So maybe money can be made somehow. Who knows? <laughs> so now I'm like a child. I have a thing. Nice. A new little toy for Nancy Burns to play with. <laughs> and soon you're going to notice that not only have I not derailed, I haven't even mentioned the news story. Uh-oh. That's oh, yeah. right. No, so far, so far this segment has been fantastic. Nothing yeah. but good stuff. Yeah. Well, Give see, us more, Nancy Burns. Well, here's what I found out. Um, so, in uh, this What'd zombie, the zombie uh, uh, Google searches for UFO hunters, the poor, sad UFO hunters, which oh is no okay. more. And okay. this is, and so here's a story about UFO hunters, lowercase. And okay, so a typical UFO hunter is this guy who found a photo. His name is Scott Waring, and I don't know if you've ever had him on. I don't know him. But he's that Scott sounds very Aaron. familiar. Probably have. I've had a lot of people on the show, Nancy. It's great. Yeah. It's so bananas. Yeah, so this article is in the uh, uh, the British Daily Mail, which is kind of I'm not quite sure exactly. It's not the New York Times, but is it the? It's not the uh, News of the World either. It's the Daily Mail. It's like a tabloid, right? It's not inquirish, okay. but it's got very close flavor. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, it's not total BS, but they're right on the edge. But this is the kind of story that no matter the what... The outer edge. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So so I would say this is the kind of story, no matter what publication it's in, they can't debunk it. It's And here's why. It's from a government... It's from NASA. It's a photograph from NASA. It's from a government operation. It's a government photo. And, okay. Okay. And so... And this is 1960... Project Mercury, 1960. There is no Photoshop. You can just find the photo yourself. And this guy did. And he kind of zoomed in, blew up what looks really like a spaceship. So I will put it up on, I believe, your Skywatcher's Facebook page, correct? Yes, please do I'll that. put it up there. And, and I want to compare and contrast what Seth suggested we talk about, which we didn't get to last week, was this triangular set of orbs that were perhaps filmed by a passenger in an airplane over Atlanta. And here's the difference in the two stories. And this is what people have to kind of, I think, think about. Okay. The, the story that Alan linked to is on a thing called Inquisitor with no E at the end of, it, of the name Inquisitor. So it's like Flickr and, you know. Flickster. Yeah, you know Something it's like, like hipster right. type. So, so there's that versus a, a legit, a more legit news source. And then okay. we've got um, filmed by a passenger. Orbs. We're getting into sketchy territory. So we've got right. everything is sketchy. And then, then, then they put real or hoax in the title. And if they're going to give you a YouTube video, that's a red flag right there for me. Exactly. When they put real or hoax, well, ninety nine percent of the time it's hoaxed. Exactly, and it's YouTube and stuff. So. 
yeah, and, that's and I couldn't get flag. my head around it. And and I so I thought I'd present both stories, and I think astute UFO researchers to be the the young ones, the people coming up, or the people just hearing about UFOs will be able to tell the difference in the two stories. I think the NASA story kind of hooks you. And the only debunking they can do, the only thing they can say is, oh, it's pareidolia. In which, you, you know what that means? Pareidolia. 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 or pareidolia? Yeah, explain it's that. It's confusing me. It's a Greek, Cuban. Okay, Cuban it's a, a Greek word, pareidolia. And it's when you're looking at the bark of a tree and you see an owl's face there. You know, it's the human... Right. Instinct to bring oh, order to chaos. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. So which is the same. Which is the same thing that I, that I believe the face on Mars was. Well, I wonder because <laughs> there's a you know Do there's you? a well here's the thing I mean or the Blessed Virgin in a in a in a urine stain you know or a, you know an oil <laughs> well slip. or Elvis in a bread. And a yeah, piece of bread, toast, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's toast, yeah. toast. Yeah, but there's a difference between Elvis and toast, or the toaster you can buy in which you can He's do. He's the king, though. He's the king. Elvis and toast. You can He's actually the buy the. In other words, one is really real. If you buy that that squisher thing, where you can get well, your own Hello Kitty toaster. Elvis, Elvis thing. was real, Nancy. Nancy Burns. Elvis was real. Ah, see, yeah, see, but but here's the thing. Um, you. You're, <laughs> one is one is not meant to be a visible thing. It's it's an arrangement on a butterfly's wing. Let's say it's okay. in nature, and 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 your humanness says, oh, it's gotta it's gotta be you know, that's um, gotta be Elvis or it's gotta be the Virgin Mary. But if you buy a toaster thing and make Elvis in it toast, any child uh, yeah, can but see that's, that's like that's cheating. But any child can see the difference. Is what I'm saying. Right. And right, so right. if you look at the NASA picture. And you can really see, it, uh, when, it, when you can get closer in, and you can really see it, wow, it's like a UFO to me. That's not pareidolia. That's mm. actually using technology today to go back and recheck all the photos that they didn't scrub and pull from the Internet. That's all uh-huh. I'm saying. So, so did you post this uh, on our Facebook page? Because I want to tweet this out to the listeners. <sighs> While I'm talking, I should do this? Of course. So, it's called multitasking. Can't you juggle oh, like all of us? As we've fight. been doing the show, I've been tweeting out. I've been talking to people about yeah, personal issues. I've been dealing with baby mama drama, and I don't even have a baby or a mama drama. Yeah, but, but I had a, I had a little pudding. What? Baby mama drama? What? what? It's all good. Don't don't worry about it. Go ahead, Nancy. Are you the father of someone that suddenly? No, no, no. It's I've, I plead the fifth. Go ahead. Ay, ay, ay. Busy. You are juggling. <laughs> And well, well, I, have a, I have a nice but hot tea. The kid was not my son. He, he, he. That's oh, you're right. pulling a Michael Jackson? That's even better. Yeah, talking yeah, there about you go. kids. So, see, the <laughs> thing is, um, this is, in, Whoa, this hey, is an homage. By, by the way, my news bit is in homage for your guest, Mike. You know, you've got um, Robert Salas. Robert Salas. Oh, he's and awesome, yeah. That's the same kind of stuff. He's the real thing. You yep. cannot dispute what he brings to the table, period. You really can't. And Paradoia is the only thing they can say you know right uh, yeah so i think it well, feels kind of, flat. that is kind of weak flat. you know what do you think of like the 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 satellite the um the black knight satellite i don't know oh, about I, it i have been ignoring it it's one of those why stories it's I didn't, so fascinating 
Okay, so yeah, tell I'm us. I'm fascinated by that. I've been okay. looking into that stuff. Also, also, now. guys, Bill was on a show last night, not on the uh-huh. network. His his name is Clyde Lewis. I'm sure we can say his name. He's a great sure. guy. I think. He's in Phoenix. No, no beef here. Okay. No, Oregon. Uh, not Phoenix. What's Oregon? Um, uh, what's the capital? Not the capital. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Portland. Yeah, Portland. Yeah. Uh, that's where he's from. Well, he and I lost my train. Of thought. Took me a split second, and you know it's yeah late. Go ahead. Uh, I lost it. I lost it. It was something about Portland, Oregon. Just no, it was about when Bill was on Clyde Lewis last night. There, something really great happened, and it was just it was hinging on what you just said previous to that, and it wasn't pareidolia, and it huh. wasn't falling. It was something about falling flat, falling flat. Oh, I'll I'll listen to the show and. Did Fine. the show go badly or something? Did he fall flat on his face? What, like, what, no, 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 no. It was a great show, and he brought up something. I'm telling you, he's, he's a really great thinker. And he brought up some, ah, it'll come, it'll come to me just as I'm hanging up or whatever, after I'm that, off the air. That happens I'll, to me all the time. But yeah. Anyway. Just at the last minute when you least expect it, it's going to happen. As soon as she hits click off Skype, it'll just... That's like, oh, I just remembered. Oh. Can I call back in? No, they're already moved on. Well, have you ever played that game with a good friend um, where where you go off on like 20 tangents and then you sort of look at each other and you say, okay, let's, how did we get here? Well, and actually, that happens, to me every, that happens to me every Monday when I'm on Feature yeah, Theater. Yeah, to me, that's not even a game. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Feature yeah. Theater, man. That's what that is. Well, yeah, that's, you know. that's no game for me, yeah. <laughs> Last week's show was incredible because oh my so many God. guys. You know, oh, my was- God. I felt bad on that show like I, like everybody there is really nice you know i'm sure but it was just too many people on the on the call just well and 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 a couple of them snapped quite frankly it, it's kind of you, by the way uh you have to send me the file because i need to put it up i don't think you've oh, done it, it, it it's on it's on soundcloud you just haven't checked recently. I, I checked yesterday and i'll check again so I'll, check that's again. what i'll do i love soundcloud so far <laughs> It yeah. is so awesome, isn't it? And yeah. I just figured a way to like make the audio instead of remember like that big banner that shows up when you play the audio you embedded. Now I find out how to just put the strip that just has the audio strip. Oh, okay. I like the so banner too. So it looks too. even nicer. I love yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah. So, and you I, say that guys, there's a way. Guys, we're talking about all the technical stuff, but we're not getting to the meat of what the show is about. I'm well, sorry. Nancy has some you're, more news. You're, Nancy. Yeah, you're derailing it. Someone's derailing Again, it about talking I about SoundCloud. We both are. Anyway, go ahead, Nancy. What else do you no, have? I don't. That's it. That's my whole. That's my whole ball of wax. What? So let me ask you. The, you the, let me ask you. What about the? Jesus. Uh, what, what was your thought on the UFO triangle thing that was from the pilot? Oh, Yay, that's hey. I, figured, I. I remembered what it was. In addition to the Black Knight, which I don't know anything about, Collide Lewis mentioned something really cool. It's a thing called Ezekiel's tomb. Wheel. Oh, okay. Not his wheel, but his tomb. No, his tomb. And and he asked Bill if he knew about it, and Bill did not. And so Bill went off on the wheel, but it wasn't. So Clyde Lewis said, it is suspected that Ezekiel's tomb is a real thing in the Middle East. I think in, what's the country we're going to bomb in now? Iran or Uh, Iraq? Cuba. Depends on the day of the week. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But it's it's one of the eyes. Texas. Uh, who, I don't yeah. know. We're bombing but it's called Ezekiel's tomb, and I, we need all. We, we need to research it. But supposedly, it's got weaponry in the tomb. That is the same weaponry. It sounds like that that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, that destroyed those ta- those towns. Nuclear type of pre, you know. And huh. Bill and Bill was saying to Clyde, and Clyde was saying to Bill, it looks like we've been we've had civilizations. Over wiped over and over again, and just to kind of, I guess, close. Bill and I watched a freaky, freaky movie 
called The Bible oh, the other boy. night. And it had a bunch of old stars, but it was really done, it, it was 1966, and it was done like, almost like, the. it was done with, I don't know, drugs or something, Beatles. <laughs> well, that's like most movies in Hollywood, Nancy, I mean, really, like. Yeah. How do you think most movies get produced? Drugs, yeah. drug yeah, money. Yeah, this was not, this was not. It's no secret, and it's not a trade you know, secret. Yeah, but this was kind of this felt like a little bit like two thousand one. It it was almost like they were influenced by that. It was moody, moody, and it had really great stars in it. Ava Gardner and uh, you know that guy who played who did that like horrible her. song. You left the cake out in the rain, Harris. Who? What's his name? You left, you the, left cake. the cake out of the rain. I have that no, sounds no. like blasphemy. If you ask you me. left the cake out in the rain. That horrible, horrible song that goes on and on and on. Uh, not George Harris, not Michael Harris. Oh God! Uh, was it one of the Beatles? No, he's an actor. Okay. And he played. He played. In he's Canada. an actor and a singer. Is it uh, David Broadway. Hasselhoff? No, Broadway actor named Harris. <laughs> don't Hasselhoff, all right? Just, just don't do okay, it. Okay, I'm going to look up Cake Out in the Rain, so I don't seem like a complete crazy person. Cake out in. No, the we're not rain. calling you a crazy person yet. This is not a song. All. This no. is a song that <clears throat> MacArthur Park. It's called MacArthur anyway. Park. Guys, you don't know this song. MacArthur mm-hmm. Park. MacArthur Park. Nope. Richard Harris. MacArthur Park lyrics. It's this lugubrious song that I can't believe you guys don't know. It's when, horrible. When did this? When did this song come out, Nancy? Like, uh, MacArthur Park. Hold on, we, I gotta look up lugubrious in the dictionary. Hang on. Oh, I don't even. I don't even know how to spell that. Let okay, MacArthur Park is M A C A R T H U R Park. Um, this came out. Richard no, that Harris. part I know is the other word that I can't pronounce. Or, or Lugubrious spell, is or... a great word. Lugubrious, that's the word. Yeah, that's that's foreign. It's L-U. Yeah, go, let's let's try let's make a lugubrious.com and see how many people actually hit that website. Lugubrious is uh, <laughs> zero. You know, the, you know the guy who played in the Adams Family with a really long face. Uh, Lurch. Wow, Lurch. Lurch. Uh, yeah. that's, the, he, that's the epitome of lugubrious. Who He's played Lurch? Lugubrious. Who played He's Lurch? Like, so, he, so he walks around going, uh, Yeah, basically. That's funny. Uh. Yeah. It's sort of... But, uh, yeah, but he's comic relief as that character. Mm-hmm. But that's what the word means, you say. That was funny. But All MacArthur right. Park is one of the worst songs ever created. And, and you guys have to hear it. It's horrible. And this guy, Richard Harris over emotes you know it's a horrible song and I left the cake out in the rain if you just image that you'll see page after page of images of the cake out in the rain it's a horrible lyric you know as a cake lover I, I hate the term cake out in the rain because that yeah. just means it destroyed the cake and that's exactly good. well it's, it's a it's a metaphor for drug use MacArthur Park. I know I know and that's even worse good good <laughs> good I see what you're saying I see where you went there <laughs> I am choosing. Uh, not metaphors are lost on her for a few minutes. Metaphors I am not us. going there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, okay. So yeah, so the show, yeah. So you guys are going to have a good time. I can take. I can. I can feel it. I can predict. Oh yeah, we're going to have a great time with Robert Sellers. I'll uh, listen and tweet. But I have some news from ArtBill.com's website Uh-oh. directly. Oh okay. And uh, I linked it there on Skype because you know you said you had nothing else, and I felt like being. Helpful. You do a, you do such a nice show. Yeah, you're very prepared. I try. I try anyway. Uh, yeah, but I miss have you Alejandro seen... already. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ooh. That's a that's a little blow. No, All no, I can I say is it. grenade. I, I... No, I, I I mean it against myself. He's 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 ten times the man I am. 
Well, literally, yeah, yeah actually, the parts, yeah. The mechanics and the parts are different. The there. way that you're works, Nancy. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah, he'll never. You'll never be the man he is. It just won't yeah. happen. I'm sorry. No. But check this out. Uh, the article goes: Has your neighborhood been buzzed by aliens? And there's a Ooh. big old map. Ah, of the United I see States. that. Ah, you see that big old oh. map? You see Miami down there with a big old spot. That's nice. Jacksonville, you see all that? Now it says, a map that reveals every official sighting of a UFO over the past 76 years suggests that we are experiencing more cosmic traffic than ever before. Dun, dun, dun. Well, yeah, Many but what qualifies as official? Yeah. Move on, I guess. I don't know. Whoever takes the reports, you know? Look, many of the sightings can be put down uh, to the development of drones and new aircrafts, duh. Uh, but some enthusiast uh, believes uh, that because of the rise of alien activity, you know, there are more of them on general. Earth now. Yeah. Uh, in you know the what's going interactive... to happen? I already can see the future. I can see, you know, here's how I, I'm a book packager by trade. Shadow yes, you are. The, the way I, we always create quick books plug, is I, quick plug. Yeah, but that's, I can see that's the how she, book. That's how she wrote. I can I can see the book many times, which is how it gets invented because I can see it almost in my hands. And you know what I can see almost here? Uh, drones from say Amazon that kind of hang out on street corners on by the lampposts, and when you beep within its circle of influence when you have a package you just beep it and it comes to your mailbox and there there you put it right in the drone now we're what about two years away from this this actually becoming reality with, yeah. with amazon because that was you know this will so revitalize people sending oh, oh, things man. to people because here's what i'm thinking um i'm trying to find ways to make money and people have given us stuff all over the years for you for ufo related stuff and i'm love never to gonna get to, to finish the story it's never gonna happen go ahead nancy pass it around so what? What story are you going to finish? The the um, neighborhood thing? What, what, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 eh? no tangents. No, you've tangents. got you've got nothing. You've got no finish. Nothing. <laughs> I was saving you. <laughs> I can the feel in, it. Actually, there was two more paragraphs. This is the interactive oh, map was created, and I want to give him a plug. Levy Pearson, who uh, used a UFO sighting database from the National UFO Reporting Center, uh, an open source software from uh, Corto DB or database. Corto database. Corto da- yeah, the database. Uh, that's it. That was the end. I never got to finish that part because you're right. You know, you're right. But anyway, yeah, that's the thing. And here's the Big thing. Money. Anybody, anybody actually, the, by the way, the book. Which book? Fabulous. Which Waiting book? Wife. Oh, shut up. Don't say that. The Don't one that I purchased. That. Yes, indeed. I have Did it on my phone. Did you get past the first chapter ever? Oh, I'm I'm deep in that book. I'm not giving you any more uh, of what I feel or think until I finish it. Uh, you'll get the feels. And but the... it's good. It's hey, very guess good. what? It's a, uh, it's a different side of Nancy Burns that I really didn't even know. Well, you know what? I'm surprised. When you, you, anybody who buys the book and you bought the book. It's a good book. It's five bucks. You're, yeah, Everybody you're going to get, but here's the thing. I'm giving you the hyperzine of it for free. And ah, it's going to. I feel so left out. I don't have. The you book. get nothing. You're the other guy. Go ahead, Nancy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do I give you the hyperzine for free? Yeah, maybe. Of course. We'll yeah, we'll see. But anybody who did buy the PDF or the other thing, the EPUB. See, the EPUB and the PDF, they're just like being in straitjackets. It drives me crazy. The text is going to be free. You'll see. You know. Anyway, yeah. I can't wait to see this hyperzine thing hyperzine, in, in, yeah. in action and see it actually you know, there. I'm dying to see what it looks yeah. like. Well, as I said, when we got I want to see what all the hype is about. Like, this is hyping me, you're, you're hyping me up more than Star Wars right now. 
with ah, these hyper- Yeah, I better be careful. But here's the thing. <laughs> when you get the trademark, you have to present a logo. So I had to cut through all the artistic angst and find a font and get a logo really fast because that's it. You don't have time, you know, because oh. I'm, I'm thinking somebody's going to snipe us and get it. So we got it. And the logo is quick and down and dirty, but it, nice. and, and it flashes. So, um, just how I like it, quick and down and dirty. Now, wait, when you say when it, fl- it, it flashes, how it does flashes. That work? Well, I have a little, I, you know, I went online and made a little hype, uh, hyper I made a little headline that flashes. You can do that. Whilst I learn the programming, how to, you'll see. You'll see. All right, well, I guess I will. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. You're so sweet. What, but what's here's the, the thing. ETA anybody on listening, the, uh, anybody what's listening the, what's the ETA again on the Hyperzine? ETA? About a yeah. week. About a week. About a week? About a week, yeah. Somewhere over the rainbow. No, no, no. No, no, no. But, but, but here's the, I'll leave you with this. Anybody following the saga, we've, we've all now been together for about a year. Okay? Seems yeah. like forever. Doesn't well, it? Over a, yeah, over a year now. We but not a lot, just a year. And over the course of the year, I'd say Feels a, a lot time. of times I have had to admit, you know, I'm wrong. Angel's right about stuff. And vice versa. It's happened vice versa. So I think anybody... A couple times, yep. Yeah, I think, I think it says a lot about how young people can learn and how old people can learn. You see? I didn't think that was possible, really. I know. And just think how many people are cheered up by that. Yeah, indeed. Yep, you're not too old. You're not too young. And I know it hurts every time. Yeah, every time you say that I'm right. Every time you say that I'm right about something, I know it hurts you deep inside. I know it, it does. It kills you. me. <laughs> I hate I'm to awesome. say it, but you're right. God dang it! Like I honestly, I thought that she was just going to quit the show the first time that she had to say that I was right. I was like, oh well, I was quit. really angry about the whole YouTube thing. I, I figured this is complete. You just don't. You don't Wait, get the which which YouTube thing are we talking about? Well, see, I'm setting up a massive YouTube thing uh, with our archives, and it's taking me longer now thanks to GoDaddy and their sabotage. Yeah, but it's what, it's what you and Seth were just talking I'm oh, sorry, Alan, we're just talking about earlier when you were saying you were going to have to cut out certain portions of the conversation. Right. And it makes your co-host say, wait, what? Well, no, I'm not going to cut him out of the conversation. Why would I do that? Yeah, but you. But when you cut the first half hour off. No, no, because again, she just doesn't understand. I don't get it, really. No, you, you look. A lot of shows do this, and, and I got this from another show. Um, it was an idea that was told to me as something that they were doing, and I thought it was a pretty, you know pretty neat idea. I'm putting all the shows full podcast minus the commercials and any music we play for obviously copyright reasons i'm trying to put all that stuff on youtube as uncut episodes but i'm also taking just the interview segments and putting that on youtube also for, because you know it's quicker so you get quicker hits you generate more revenue so while everything's right be so there, if it, someone it, wants to hear that specific just that person right okay i get that that makes sense yeah, so they, you know they could have the entire archive if they want to get it. By the way, now it's on SoundCloud also, so they could just go there. It's easy. Uh, but if they want to see the entire uncut on YouTube, they could do that. It's all going to be there. But also, if they just want to hear the the main guest, cool. And in fact, I, I was also going to do little clips for like you know the best of each episode. But guess what? I'm only a one man army here, and it's kind of tough to do all that for all the shows. So it's taking a little time. And then you know, GoDaddy just derailed my life with their whole sabotaging of my server. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's taking a little time, but that's the idea, and I think it is a great idea, especially if you're going to use YouTube to, you know, generate some revenue. Just saying. 
Well, am I alone, Alan? No, no, I get it, and you know. All right. You know, I I I hear what you're Glad saying. Glad somebody does. Glad somebody does. I hear what you're saying. I'm still not sure if I agree with it, but I hear what you're saying. You're no help at all. Hey, I am neutral, and I am actually uh, staying out of this. Yeah. I understand. I understand <laughs> the nightmare you went through with. Go Daddy, but I'm not going to say anything about it because I have no desire for them to goof up my website. Well, no, forget the Go Daddy part, the YouTube part. That's the that's the part we really. No, want to I understand. I understand why you want to segment it so people can pick and choose what they want to hear or just listen right? to the whole darn thing. Yeah, but if Art, but see, if you tried that with Art Bell, he would say because he's an artist. But but it, the pieces of a whole, it's the whole show is a like a like a melon. It's a it's. A- I while I agree, some people do just like to listen to the interview portions and the little segments and stuff, which at the end of the day generates traffic right back to the main websites. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you're right. See, I hate to say that. <laughs> I'm right. Just I know it hurts, Nancy. I know it, yeah, does. it does. It's painful. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, you know what it is. You know what time it is, it's right? It's the real deal. Right. Yeah. I'm listening. Messages. Hey, you know what? By the way, you know what's happening? Live right. radio is becoming such a hot thing that... You need a third ear. I was saying, the thinking this last night. I was listening to Bill on one show, uh, Dark Matter, <laughs> and I was listening to something else. I forget. There was something else live at the same time. I can't remember what it was. Three things. Oh, it might have been the Bell Gap, but three things do, at the same time. Do you remember anything that was said on any of these shows? Yeah, of course. It's it, That's what I'm saying. The better – the shows are very real. And that's where I'm getting all my ideas, and it, it's kind of radio is kind of you know coming to flower. And as I said, when you have to when you have three shows at the same time live that you have to divide your time between, that means radio is picking up. Podcasts well, we only got one. We only got one show right here, and this is Skywatch. And yes, radio. and we're saying goodbye. And I'm, I'm sorry, I said that at the last minute. So goodbye. It's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. We're gonna we'll be right back after this commercial break with messages from the a through the a-hole, to the a-holes. Big difference the there, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one or the other. One or the other. Yeah, we'll right I, I'm not asking. I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna get it all. This is Jeff Brady, host of In Other News, heard on Dark Matter Radio on Thursdays. In this strange period where free energy technology is weaponized, dissent is criminalized, and war economies flourish, the human family is being deliberately assaulted on multiple fronts in the food, air, water, and during sleep. Yet here we are with information at our fingertips, only to become a slave to the portable digital communication device. You know what you're really communicating. You're screaming to cell phone corporations, please put a chip in me. Past shows have looked at issues involving electromagnetic weapons, satellite stalking, RFID, orgone and organite, illegal fluoridated drinking water for infants, airport radiation scanners, secret societies, energy vampires, psychopathy, surveillance, sex trafficking, disaster capitalism. So tune in to In Other News Thursdays on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the pioneers of overnight talk radio. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, 
mysterious 19th century flying machines and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and capricornmembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic, truth is truth. everything from the known to the unknown the normal to the paranormal archaeologists to psychologists and even ufos we tell what's coming what's going the government lies to the government thrives we're late night in the midlands and we cover everything every sunday night at 12 a.m eastern 9 p.m pacific on the dark matter radio network the UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They had very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host and podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Hey, Bob. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio right here on Dark Matter Radio Network. Once again, the call in number is 786 245 8127. 786 245 8127. And at the end of the hour, when we go on our second break and our last break of the evening, when we return from that break, we're going to have Mr. Robert Salas on the show. And I Robert am so Salas, looking forward to that. Oh, man, let me tell you, uh, he served almost seven years in active duty in the Air Force until resigning in 1971. From 71 to 73, he worked at uh, Martin Marietta Aerospace and Rocketwell International on space shuttle design proposals. From 1973 until his retirement in 1995, he worked for the Federal Aviation Administration. Now, Robert wrote the book, Faded Giants, with co-author James Klotz, which uh, details his UFO incident, which, while stationed at Maelstrom AFB in Montana, so this was not that long ago. He has an amazing story. He's a great, great guest. He's been on other shows that I've been a part on as producer, and just a fantastic guest. Going to be a lot of fun. I know you're looking I'm forward looking to forward. it. I'm looking forward. Yeah, I really am, actually. Really, really am. That's what I love about this show, Alan, the fact that we have such fantastic guests every week. Just amazing people will come on the show on Skywatchers Radio and on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Shout-outs to all the great shows on here, by the way. A lot of really, really good shows. But now we have a segment to go through because guess what, Alan? What? The bag was full. Really? Oh, there's some... I'm sure there must. you had to pick and choose a couple only because, you know, we only got another 15 minutes till we bring on our next guest. Yep, so I only picked the very best. So here we go. And now, messages through the a-hole. All right. Oh, there we go. Okay. Now, the first message through the a-hole comes from a gentleman by the name of Cleveland. And okay, this is actually- okay. I, I, I want to do a Family Guy joke along with that, but I'm just going to choose not well- to. This is a, this is a totally legit question though, and it's actually geared enough to you, funny enough. Okay. So he's actually asking. He's like, Alan, uh, I want to know what are your thoughts on string theory. Well, since I don't have a can of silly string with <laughs> me, um, uh, string theory. <sighs> I don't know if we have enough time for this segment. If you're gonna if you're gonna force me to get into it. Um, well, what are your thoughts, your basic thoughts? I mean, do you believe I mean, in string theory? Do you think it's just nonsense and a bunch of nerds what, that, just what, crazy? That ev- what, that everything's connected, you know, via sub Via ridiculous? a subatomic string, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's an interesting thing that I actually just read in a medical journal because of the CBD stuff I was doing that I was doing in the uh, Denver uh, show that I was in last week. Uh, that, by the way, folks, is the Pot Smoker Convention, uh, if you were wondering. And uh, please listen I'm to so last week's show. That I was yeah. It, it, it's really interesting about string theory because um, I don't know if – well, does string theory just deal with things that are organic or inorganic? Because there was this really, really cool test. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but um, they took a person's blood out of his body. and the blood 
was in a pint thing that, and they traveled it hundreds of miles away. And, you know, blood reacts when there's pain and, you know, there's, you know, things happen to your body. They experimented on the, you know, they, they were doing surgery or something and they were causing pain to the actual person that was there in the hospital. But there was some reactions that were going on with the blood that was hundreds of miles away. What so, kind of reaction? Was the, was the blood well, going, so, oh, it hurts? No, 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 no. No, no. When, How does um, blood react? Okay, pain. and here's the answer. Explain um, that, please. When you cut into someone, your blood clots. Right, and it releases right. white antibodies. Right. The same thing happened at the same time, hundreds of miles away, that the blood started to, con- you know, to clot and was releasing white an- – and the white antibodies were doing something unusual – with because there was no flesh for it to go after or bacteria for it to go after in the blood packet. So, you know, is there some type of a connection between the how is not if there is, but how is there a connection between two items that far apart from each other? I have the answer. Okay. Don't tell me the force. No. Well it's that, the midichlorians in the force. That's a great answer, but that's not what I was going with here. Okay. You know, Wavelength. Okay. The waves, man, like they connect, like Wi-Fi, they're connected somehow. Right. So is that string theory? Maybe. Maybe not. Folks, if you've got an insight into this, please call in. I would love to hear your opinion on this. Just a thought. Are the phones ringing? Nope. Not a call. Guys, come on. What are not you waiting a single for? Call. Seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Anyway, so that's your thought on string theory. At this point in time, you know, that's what you're going I, with. I, I I think that there is some, there is some connection for distant particles. The question is, is what is the connection? I'm glad they didn't direct that question to me because that's way above my pay grade. I have no answer for string theory. I just say, dude, you just need I to buy a vowel. It, man. Really? I don't. Yeah. I don't get it, man. It's like. Strings and they connect everybody and everything. That's it, man. Game over. Game over. Yeah, like, it. What if like C A T really spelled dog? No, 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 no. What if we're all dyslexic and dog spells God? Whoa, that's heavy, man. Whoa. It's like it's it's like it's like. Here's a good scientific question for all our friends out there. If you're in a spaceship. And it's traveling at the speed of light. And you turn the headlights on. Do they do anything? Probably not. How do you know? Wasn't there. Are you sure? How do you know? But anyway, we got to move on to the next question here. Because right, Cleveland right. has hogged the show in the second. All right, Cleveland. It is Cleveland Brown. Did that show yes. ever get renewed? Because he's back I don't know. That's a great guy. show, man. Yeah, he is. He, yeah, no, I think they didn't renew it. That's why he's back on Family Guy. Oh, he moved back I, to that I, neighborhood. I think that's like the joke. He moved out, had his own show, and moved back in when they canned him. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, sorry, Cleveland. Oh, that's uh, okay. Oh, it was man. a funny show, but anyway. I don't think on. I did a good imitation, but I'm hoping. Not at all. That was, was terrible. Fun. Next question comes from Kelly, and uh, she wants to know, how much proof is there? Wait, hold on. <clears throat> Let me do it in a, in a better voice. How much proof? No, that's not better. All right, how much proof is there in aliens? Her grammar is fantastic. 
Well, it depends. That's what she wrote it, by the way. How much proof is there in aliens? Okay, Kelly, are we talking over the border or are we talking from outer space? Because there's lots of those. Just go to your local Home Depot. Oh, man, come on. We don't live in California. What are you doing? No, that happens here in Florida, too, homie. That Do they really? All the time. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to profile, really. I'm not. It's all, it's all over the place. It's crazy. Okay. Little gray yeah. guys well, Do we really want to get into the Obama, Obama, you know, we should call him Obama. Um, you, know, you, know, you know what's funny? Somebody said after he won the election the first time, they called it, uh, well, now we're under an Obamination. And then I said, wait a second. Abomination. It doesn't sound abomination. right. Abomination, yeah. That, that, <laughs> unfortunately, it does sound right. You For know, some he, people, that's exactly what it's you know, it, yeah. it's not. It's not that I'm a Republican or a Democrat or anything. But my I voted for the guy, but that's, yeah, it's going south quick. Did you get your phone? Did you get a free phone? No, I got nothing. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into Let's Much not like how this here. poor girl is getting her answer. She's getting nothing. So how much proof is there in aliens? Let's just say uh, not much okay, at all. Hang on, hang on. None. No, no, no. Uh, Kelly, my answer is is if you look up and Google out of place artifacts, there is all sorts of different things that are have been uncovered through archaeology that the location and the time does not coincide with what they have in front of them as a piece of technology or a piece of artwork. Not to mention across through Medieval times, through the Dark Ages, through the Renaissance, and even going all the way back to the Essenes and going back even further to the Sumerians. Every single culture that has developed writing has had some content, has had some reference to beings, whether they're gods or travelers from the stars. I think there's enough oral and written history and tradition. That lends some credibility. And my other comment is, is like I've said in the past on the show, if 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% is true, there you go. We got 1%. 1% proves that there are aliens. If No, if 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%, which is one ten thousandth of a percent, that there are off-world visitations, then there's off-world visitations. I you agree. can't, you know. I mean, you think about it. Over the no hundreds of None. over the hundreds of thousands of uh-huh. current history, not to mention if you count in the hundreds of thousands of recorded pre the 1900s descriptions of UFOs and alien encounters, whether it's biblical or whatever. You know, there's too many possibilities that that small, 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 tiny percentage is true. And if that tiny... Okay, we get it, man. We we get it. Okay. I think the audience gets it. Like, how much further are we going to go with this? Well, apparently the way you said it, Kelly, in that voice makes me think that, you know, it's like... Is this like the family guy... When well, you this is like Family Guy. You're gonna bus? drag this out for an hour. We're gonna, you're gonna drag this out to the end of the hour. Hold on, I gotta go punch guy. a chicken. Hang on. Ah, oh, Jesus! There you go, Kelly. That's your answer. Well, the bird is the word. It's the oh, bird. It's the bird. It's the bird. Goodness. It's the word. I don't know the lyrics. All right, here. Moving on. Next one and the last one before we go on break. This comes from a dude named Bishop. Ooh. All right, Bishop. Sounds like a tough guy, right? He says, uh, "No, sounds guys... like the guy from Aliens. That's the robot." 
Could be. It says, do you guys believe that aliens created religions on Earth? That's a great No, question. I think humanity did. No, 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 no. I, I'm actually uh, on here with him. I think uh, the initial concept of religions might have been inspired by some kind of alien or ET or civilization that landed here when there was other men on Earth. That's very possible. I mean, it's it's plausible. Plausible. Now, does it mean that it, you know we have any proof? Because we got none of that. I think. Well, I don't know if the origin of uh, I, I'm trying to. But think yeah, of, most religions have been created by man. That's you know that's no. Yeah, no most religions were most religions are created by man to control the masses. Correct. Plain and simple. You know that's that. that like it or not, that's that's where it is. That's the truth of it. You know, and you know, I always say, you know, to those that believe in the New Testament, do you really honestly think that it is the Word of God? Because you know, you, you know why there's so many different religions, Alan. You know why there is a billion different religions. Right. It, it's really all penis envy. Everybody wants to have a bigger penis, and you know, they're, they're everybody's just uh, saying, "Well, my God has a bigger one than yours," and that's how it starts, man. Who's got the bigger one? Um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing that one there. Sorry, um, just, yeah. Uh, crickets again? Yeah, crickets? I be getting crickets. Not my, it's not my time to Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just not there with you. Sorry. I just love the fact that all wars have been fought on the name of religion. Don't you just love uh, that? Oh, yeah, or oil. Or oil, yeah, or oil. You know, oil, oh, there you go, Bishop. Not, not oil, but just natural resources that were finite or could be depleted. That's you what know, most wars it, are fought over. And by the way, that's all for Bishop's uh, question. By the way, so, when uh, I say religion, by the Bishop. way, when we say all wars started with religion, but well, it's the resources the religion wants. If you think about it, you know, it, it, it's like the gold from the you know the gold from the Aztecs. The conquistadors wanted, um, you know, the mining rights or land rights um, between uh, England and All Scotland. Right. We got to go on break, dude. Okay, break. fine. Sorry, oh, sorry, I went on a rant. Yeah, yeah. This is a Family Guy all over again. Anyway, Bishop. There's your answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. People, call anyway. in if you got a comment. Uh, we're moving on. We're going to commercial break, uh, guys. That's the uh, blast through the a holes for this week. When we return, got to get serious now. Okay. Robert Salas is going to be on the show. Stick around. It's going to be a great, great show. We'll be right back. Skywatchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network. NPSN Radio. team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com 
James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly. CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fellow. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of and more. Superman homepage.com. All systems are functional. And you pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the, chief, the new king of radio. Is there life on other planets? This is nuclear physicist Stanton Friedman, and now I'm a voice in the Jackal's head. It's the government keeping secrets from us. This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the Jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the Jackal's head. The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world <laughs> that he doesn't exist. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. We cover everything from the known to the unknown, the normal to the paranormal, archaeologists to psychologists, and even UFOs. We tell what's coming, what's going, the government lies to the government thrives. We're late night in the Midlands, and we cover everything every Sunday night at 12 a.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on the Dark Matter Radio Network. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. everybody welcome back to sky watchers radio right here on the dark matter radio network and of course psn radio and with us as we promised is the guest of the evening the one the only mr robert sellers and robert welcome to sky watchers radio it's such an honor to have you on here man we've been uh both me and my co-host alan been looking forward to having you on the show for a long time fantastic uh, no i'm happy to be here uh, uh anxious to get on with the show you bet now, you wrote a book uh, called Faded Giants uh, that was co-authored with uh, James Klotz, uh, which right. detailed uh, your own UFO incident uh, while stationed at uh, Maelstrom AFB uh, in Montana. Uh, let's start off with your background a little bit, because you know, for the audience that might not know or be or, or aware of your, of your history and your story, I want them to know Robert Salas. So let's go into your background and what happened to you with this incident. Okay, sure. Um, uh, graduated from the U.S. Air Force Academy in 1964. I spent uh, seven years active duty and then uh, resigned from the Air Force 71. Uh, worked for Martin Marietta, Rockwell International for a couple of years. Uh, did a little bit of space shuttle design work and then went to work for Federal Aviation Administration as an aircraft certification engineer in structures, aircraft structures. Um, got a master's degree in uh, aeronautical engineering, and then uh, after my 22 years of FAA, I, I retired uh, from federal government service and went to work as a teacher. I studied uh, for a teaching certificate, and uh, I've been teaching uh, high school math for about 15 years now. So, and in the interim, I, I wrote these two books, Faded Giant and uh, on a Identified the UFO phenomenon. Um, and ident- uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Faded Giant book uh, described uh, in a lot of detail my uh, incident in 1967. And that was uh, when I was a missile launch officer in control of uh, 10 nuclear missiles, uh, part of a two man crew. 
March 24th, 1967, we were on uh, duty at Oscar Flight, which is a uh, underground facility in control of 10 nuclear missiles. These were Minuteman 1 uh, missiles. We had six guards upstairs. We were in an underground uh, hardened capsule. We were locked in overnight and, um, and not allowed to leave um, until we were relieved by another crew. Obviously, we had uh, control of nukes, and we didn't want anybody else going in there. Uh, right. so, you would hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, on this particular evening, early morning, I, I don't remember which, uh, but it was dark outside. Uh, I get a first call from the security guards uh, saying that they've been seeing strange lights in the sky, uh, flying very fast, stopping on a dime, reversing course, and then uh, 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 they were not making any noise, and he said that they couldn't possibly be aircraft because of the way they were moving. Um, uh, he just wanted to report it. Um, I didn't know what to say. I, I kind of dismissed it, and then about five minutes later, he calls back, and this time he's obviously frightened. He's screaming into the phone. He says he's got all his guards out there with their weapons drawn, and uh, they're looking at a, a glowing reddish uh, object, uh, pulsating light. Uh, it seemed to have some kind of uh, oval shape in the middle but of the light, but um, he couldn't make out the structure. It was about 40, 50 feet long, uh, but it was just sitting over the front gate, and uh, they were all scared to death. They didn't know what the heck this thing was. Uh, they wanted me to tell them what to do next. I told them to uh, make sure nothing comes inside the, the fenced area. I, I, I was kind of shocked. I didn't know exactly what to think of this, except that um, I knew he was frightened, and so frightened that he had all the guards out with their weapons. So uh, I thought that we might be under some sort of... Uh, uh, attack and so he hung up the phone I went to wake up my commander was taking a rest break and uh, just as I was about to tell him about the phone calls the uh, uh, we get a little bells and whistles in the capsule uh, going off we look at our status board uh, shows the status of the missiles and uh, they they all went from green to red in other words they were um, unlaunchable they were incapacitated uh, while this object was still up there. So now we had all the controls for the, for the missile underground. They, they had no ability upstairs to uh, instigate any kind of a hoax. So um, uh, we reported this to the command post back at Malmstrom, which is about 100 miles to the west. And uh, they, they told my commander the same thing happened at another flight. Now, at that time, I thought he meant the same thing happened that evening. But uh, after I'd, I uh, got some uh, documents from the Air Force, uh, I realized that this uh, happened a week earlier. So that was the Echo Flight incident. Echo Flight, uh, very similar to our flight, another 10 missiles, um, they had UFOs sighted over their facilities, uh, uh, their launch facilities, where the missiles uh, are actually located about a mile or two away from the launch control center. So 
And they had guards, they had maintenance people out there that, that saw UFOs at the time. Uh, they're shut down. They lost all 10 of theirs. So that happened a week earlier. Um, so within the span of about eight days, we lost 20 nuclear missiles uh, during UFO sightings. Did they ever come back online or they were just done and drained of energy or what? No, not automatically. This had nothing to do with draining them of power energy. It had to do with upsetting the guidance system. We had a way of querying the system. and We got guidance and control system failure on each of the missiles. Did they reset after the UFO was gone or they stayed that way? No, no, no. They, they don't reset automatically. What This is an inertial guidance system, which means that um, – uh, once the guidance system is upset, it's got to be manually reset. So we had to send maintenance teams out there. Um, and so it took approximately a full day. Uh, I mean, they were all still down when we got relieved the next morning. But we had maintenance crews out there uh, going through a, a kind of an involved process of uh, reorienting the missile. And okay, going now, through. can I ask mm -hmm. a question or two? Sure. Um, if the guidance system is screwed up, does that mean their GPS coordinates were screwed up or it couldn't reach the GPS satellites or was it a magnetic interference? Was it, you know, what, what was the source, not the source of the malfunction, it might have been the UFO, but what was the diagnosis of the malfunction? Okay, well, uh, first of all, we didn't have GPS in 1967. Well, that's a good point. Well, that's a good point. Well, hold on, hold, hold on. I, I, I'm not so sure about that. You know, to the public, you might be right that we didn't have access. <laughs> that's to it. another good but, point. You know, there were military satellites up there that had GPS coordination since what? Um, they had the internet since when? Uh, you know, 70s? Like, I'm not going to argue know, with you. Sixty-six. <laughs> you know, there, you know, there were satellites up there being able to geo, you know, that were in geosynchronous orbit. You know, in '66, you know, that were able to. <laughs> Guide missiles in. No, no, sir. You'll have to do your research. Anyway, uh, what the okay, way these missiles? I'm going to go with his any, word on this any one. Any conspiracy Alan. theorist that's listening to this, I'm going with Robert Salas. He seems like he point. knows more than you about about this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. Right. Continue, Robert. I hear nothing. Uh, and I don't see nothing. <laughs> Let me just say this. Inertial guidance system. Uh, I, I, I've got the procedure here. I, you know, I've, I've, I've been through this. Uh, I've talked about this for 20 years. Plus, I went through all the training. Uh, but how long um, have you been talking about it, Alan? Huh? Okay, but basically, <laughs> he's got tenure. He's got tenure. I'm not going to argue with him. All right, go ahead, Robert. <laughs> uh, basically, what what has to happen is uh, they go through what call what's called an alignment procedure. They actually shoot shoot the stars. And, and go through. Um, uh, that's that's how they determine um, uh, how to orient the missile. Um, the um, it, it's a very involved procedure. Like I said, um, it's called a targeting and alignment procedure, and, and it has to be done physically. We had no um, GPS. Take my word for it. We had no GPS at the time. If we did, we would have used it. This was a, um, a manual procedure that had to be done to each missile separately. So that's why it took so much time. Oh. Okay, so, but basically, to answer your question, uh, what this object would have had to do 
was send a, uh, a signal through 60 feet of earth and concrete, penetrate uh, triply shielded cables, uh, triply shielded against electromagnetic interference. Uh, obviously, we didn't want any kind of VMI uh, sending signals to our missiles. So uh, the, these cables were, uh, uh, you know, they had uh, triply shielded systems. Anyway, uh, they would have to send a signal to uh, what's called the uh, uh, logic coupler, uh, which uh, is basically an interface between uh, um, uh, our equipment and the the computer that uh, that launches the missile and, and keeps the missile on course after launch. So um, uh, this was a very intricate system. I, I mean, they they would have had to do this to each missile separately. Now, uh, some one of the documents I received uh, from the Air Force under the Freedom of Information Act uh, actually stated that uh, uh, the possibility of this happening is extremely remote. Because did something like this already happen in Rendlesham? No, no, Rendlesham. They didn't have any missiles at Rendlesham. They had nuclear weapons there. But um, what happened there was a uh, UFO comes over, or multiple UFOs actually, and uh, sent a beam of light into the weapons storage area. That's where the nukes were actually kept. Uh -huh. And uh, my understanding uh, uh, is that uh, one, one or more of the weapons were, were damaged and returned back to the States. But it's that, always UFOs and nukes. I don't know what it is. We had, we've had a Well, lot it makes actually incidents. perfect sense, Alan. If you think about it, what's one of the most dangerous things uh, men's ever created? Nuclear weapons. Oh, I thought you were going to say religion, but okay. Well, that's the second most, yeah. I agree. <laughs> oh, we're not jaded at all, folks. No, no, And if no, you no, have no. a comment and you want to call in, by all means, go ahead. By the way, open lines, if you guys want to call in, 786-245-8127. All questions, of course, will be answered by Mr. Robert Salas. If you ask... So please go ahead and do so. Well, hold on. Only <laughs> if the questions are directed at him, obviously. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> okay, you got to point that out sometimes. <laughs> now, moving back on track here. Uh, to continue with with what you we were saying about uh, the incident. Well, uh, uh, again, after we reported it, uh, we just had to wait for the maintenance crews to go out there. I, I We were relieved the next morning. Um, I went up and talked to the... Uh, Main garden, uh, you know, uh, in the basically asked him again what this thing looked like. Uh, and this, uh, what he described to me was what I told you it's a, about a 50 foot in diameter oval shape. How far light. off were you? How far away was it from you? I'd say um, uh, less than a hundred feet from the guard shack to the front gate. Uh, so, and then. Um, Immediately, we were ordered back to the base um, uh, and ordered uh, to our base squadron commander's office. Uh, and in there was a member of AFOSI, Air Force Office of Special Investigation, along with our squadron commander. He was white as a sheet. I asked him, you know, what the heck's going on? And uh, he said he didn't know. He had no idea what had uh, caused the missiles to go down. Uh, and then they shoved a piece of paper in our faces and told us to sign here. It was a 
non-disclosure statement about this incident in particular, and we both signed it. And basically, it said uh, we were never to talk about this uh, under some severe penalties. So it was uh, highly classified at the time. And, I mean, uh, would this doing this show now will it get you in trouble? Because I mean, no, I'm get you killed. To, you know. <laughs> I've been talking about this for 20 years now. And so I'll, what, I'll what, lifted that, what, what lifted that as a problem? Because, I mean, that's a pretty big problem. Well, I don't know. Is there a statute of limitations on the National Securities and Secrecy Act? No. No, there is not. Uh, but let me let me just go. Well, there, there are uh, statutes saying that um, after a certain number of years, um, uh, some classified material can be declassified. That's basically what happened. In 1994, I was, uh, of course, out of the Air Force. I was uh, studying for my master's degree in education and, uh, at the University of Washington. Happened to be walking through their bookstore and uh, picked up a book uh, called Above Top Secret by Timothy Good. Um, good book, yeah. A good book. Great, yeah. great, yeah, great, great book. book. Yeah. And uh, if you turn to page 301 of that book, you'll see a, a short paragraph stating uh, that uh, UFOs were involved in missile shutdowns in Malmstrom, Montana in 1966, I think it says. Anyway, I got kind of excited. Uh, I thought it described my incident. So I thought, well, hey, maybe the Air Force has declassified this. So I took a chance um, and talked to... Um, uh, James Klotz, who was an investigator for MUFON, and asked him to uh, send a FOIA request to the Air Force asking for information about this incident. I told him, don't say anything about UFOs, just uh, ask for information about this particular incident where missiles uh, shut down for no you know, apparent reason. And uh, right. sure enough, the Air Force wrote back and said this is classified. However, we're going to declassify it because it's oh. been over 12 years, and uh, we'll we'll send you some documents. So they did. Oh. They start they started sending us documents about the what turns out to be the Echo flight shutdown. Now that's the one that happened about a week earlier from ours. Okay. So, but uh, I thought it was mine. Uh, I thought it was my incident. See it. Uh, let me just back up. Uh, I had talked to anybody about this uh, for some 20 plus years, almost 30 years. And uh, and so I forgot some of the details. I forgot where I was located exactly and things like that. So And, and from time to time we did uh, substitute um, in other uh, squadrons. So Echo Flight was part of the 10th Squadron. I was part of the 490th Squadron. And um, anyway, I thought this was my incident, so I started talking about it as a UFO incident since, since the Air Force had declassified that book. Well, uh, after a couple of years, I finally located my uh, commander, Fred Mywald, and he told me that, no, we were not at Echo, we were at Oscar. So uh, by then, I'd already spoken out on television and radio and uh so I decided just to keep talking about it. I've been talking about it ever since. I've never had any hassle from uh, Air Force or anybody else about speaking about this. 
you know, Robert, I've, I mean, I've heard from other folks uh, in similar positions that the government doesn't really come after people anymore. Not like they used to back in the day where they were, you know, threatened people and, and that stuff just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, do you find that? Well, I think uh, it depends. Um, uh, I've, I've heard from other people that say that they have been threatened and I've talked to people, uh, some of the, one, one of the people, uh, I spoke to, uh, I, I wrote about his story in, in my recent book, and that was the um, um, Ellsworth Air Force Base case, 1976. And he asked to remain anonymous because um, uh, he, he fears for his life if he talks. He really does. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't think they came came after me at all uh, because I was so outspoken. I had been outspoken. I've, I've spoken all over the world now and um, all over this country. Uh, I've written two books, and so they're, they're not about to come after me now. Do you, do you think, though, that some within the government are, in a way, hoping that disclosure happens and that the truth actually gets out to the public and that everybody knows? So do you think that there's a portion of the government that knows the truth oh. of what might be happening and they actually want this out? Yes, I do. I really do. I think the, there are individuals, there are many individuals, let's say, um, uh, a large number of the people that know this phenomenon is real. Mm-hmm. They've experienced UFO sightings, uh, and many of them up close, up close and personal, let's say. And, um, yeah, they'd love to see the truth come out. But uh, like I put in my book, I think there's a, a secret cabal or a secret group that's holding this information and and um, they're using things like uh, like that document I, I had to sign for example uh, there's also um, to keep people quiet right? uh, but there's also something called the personal reliability program in the missile field uh, in the Air Force uh, where if you report something unusual like UFOs, for example, it goes on your record uh, as a as a black mark, which is so silly. Yes, <laughs> it really is. Right. I mean, what do you want people to lie about? And you know, having something happen to them. I mean, it's so silly. It really is. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, not only have people, uh, you know had people within the government approach him when they've uh, come forward, but, you know, some people have actually been uh, killed in the past, but that stuff, I mean, that rarely does it happen anymore, but you said it still does happen. I mean, what reports have you gotten in the last few years that we haven't heard of? Well, this is just uh, talking to uh, witnesses, people that, like I mentioned, uh, this one witness who came, who uh, came forward, highly credible guy, um, but, uh, you know, part, part of this has to do with keeping your job, you know, just staying employed, um, uh, such as uh, Air Force pilots, um, I'm sorry, well, civilian pilots and Air Force right. pilots, you know, running to, uh, you know, maintain their careers, uh, things like that. But but I, did, I have talked to people that are, that are frightened, uh, uh, of their safety, you know. Really? I mean, I've heard reports where pilots who come forward have completely like lost their entire career just from one report. Yeah, I think so. I think that happens. Anyway, that's, shame- that's shameful. Uh, that 
that would happen. But uh, I mean, uh, let, me ask question. let me ask you a question because I've come up with a theory in the last, uh, you know, seven years of researching ufology. And uh, my theory has to do with uh, Tesla and UFOs and uh, the Nazi UFOs. Uh, I do think there's some truth to the Nazis having maybe have been working on some UFO technology. What, the Hanabu th- and some of those other things? Some of that other stuff. But I've also been doing a lot of research in the last uh, year on Tesla and what he was working on. And I've, I've come to like a certain uh, conclusion uh, that perhaps what you know we've seen in the last uh, 50 years, this phenomenon that's called ufology or UFOs, uh, has to do with the engineering that we did uh, back when we inherited all these scientists from uh, Nazi Germany and then used the technology that Tesla had. If you guys Google Tesla UFOs, there's a whole lot of stuff on there on, on the Internet uh, regarding this stuff. Uh, but, you know, supposedly the story goes that that technology came from aliens directly that to Tesla and to the Nazis, uh, which either way goes back to space aliens. Uh, do you think there's any truth to that at all, Robert? I doubt it. Um. <laughs> well, there goes that theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just my opinion. Uh, uh, can you still hear me? Yep. Uh, yeah. Sorry. A little more uh, echoey. Yeah, but... I, Go ahead. <laughs> it's just my opinion. Uh, I, I know that uh, I, I've seen that material about the Nazis. I've seen uh, the comments of Tesla saying that um, you know when he was working on one of his experiments, he felt that he had been in contact with extraterrestrial beings. Yeah, I mean, he had schematics uh, of what looked like a flying saucer. He called it Tesla's flying saucer. And, yeah. I mean, this looks like and, the modern uh, flying saucer. It really did. Yeah, and after he died, you know, in his hotel room, uh, you know, a lot of, all his papers were taken. Uh, so, well, here, here, do uh, the really, math for me. Let's do the timeline here for a second, real, real quick, Robert. Uh, we have 1943, the death of... Uh, of uh, of te- uh, Nikola Tesla, right? 1943, he died. And uh, a couple of years later, we have the end of the war, right? That we inherit all these Nazi uh, scientists into the uh, U.S. program through Operation Paperclip. Mm-hmm. What happens a few years after that? Roswell. Yeah. Okay. The big one, right? The big one in ufology. Now, follow along here. If you're engineering some kind of new technology where it's maybe of alien origin, and you're really trying to get the kinks out, and you're trying to work this thing and trying to make it work, if you're the U.S. government and you're doing this in secret somewhere in the Nevada desert, for example, couldn't there be a chance that maybe a crash or two could happen because it's new technology to us? It's possible. Interesting thought. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think you're following the train of thought of uh, a recent book. Um, uh, oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I forget the name of that book, but it's written by a, uh, a, a woman who um, used to work for the L.A. Times, I know, because she she interviewed me at one point. Uh, but she, that, that's her theory, and that is that uh, uh, the Roswell crash, well, it's not a theory she came up with. She claims that she's she's talked to some uh, ex-NASA engineers that have told her this, that uh, uh, the Roswell crash was uh, actually one of, uh, one, of one of ours or one of the right. Russians. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, at first, when I started researching this, uh, my own uh, incident and other UFO incidents, um, I would just out of hand dismiss uh, uh, a lot of 
stories that I heard from different people uh, because it sounded too uh, wild, too irrational. But as the years have gone on, I, I don't dismiss them out of hand, and, and I wouldn't dismiss this out of hand either. Uh, but what I would say, uh, what I'll say is, that, okay, there's possibilities there, but unless you show me some good heart evidence, um, I'm not going to buy into it. Uh, uh, so that's the way I operate now. And um, so uh, even though I said, in my opinion, uh, I doubt that uh, we have back-engineered Nazi UFOs. <laughs> uh, that's just my opinion. But I'm not going to say it's wrong. I'm not going to say it's uh, there's, there's no truth to well, it. My, my theory I, I doesn't, say one or the other. My, my theory doesn't include them actually having a built UFO, but maybe schematics for one. Uh, they were maybe working on one, but they hadn't actually gotten to work yet. But they were on the, you know, on the verge of making this thing work, making it real. And that's when we went in and cleaned house. And it, to me, that would make sense that they wouldn't have built a thing because if they would have had working UFOs, I mean, that's a game over right there for the U.S. I mean, there's no way we could win at that point. Well, also, if we had built working UFOs, we would have made them operational by now. I think. I mean, just just. Think of the uh, the the aircraft, the the advanced aircraft that we have disclosed that we we have in our inventory now. Oh, there's there's all kinds of different black budget projects that uh, <laughs> that are out there that are really alien looking. I mean, for for a long time, the stuffed bomber was considered by many to be a yeah. UFO. They they didn't know what it was until it was declassified. I mean, that that, that happens a lot. And yeah. how much of the technology jumps that we've had in the last sixty seventy yeah. years have not been because of whatever technology we inherited found well, out through whatever means well I'm, what i'm saying is we would have made made them operational they would have been used in the iraqi wars uh perhaps, like yeah. That. yeah perhaps so you don't think the u.s has anything uh back engineered hidden anywhere no i didn't say that i, I, do, <laughs> <laughs> I do think so what that. are you saying robert because now i'm confused all right <laughs> or what can you say and what can't you say Exactly. Uh, well, I, I have evidence, or I have uh, a strong uh, evidence, let's say, that uh, uh, we have back-engineered the technology and, and at least built um, experimental uh, craft that operates somewhat like UFOs. But Well, uh, let me ask you, do you think the Solar Warden program and some of these other... Um, possible off-world or breakaway civilization things exist thanks to that or not a part of or does it not exist at all uh you know i kind of missed those terms uh i'm not sure what those terms are again would you repeat that one more time alan go ahead i'm just curious if with if we've back and engineered anything do you think that what's your opinion on what's called the solar warden program that is supposed to be a multinational or at least originally U.S. based um, patrol fleet that actually flies throughout the solar system. Uh, I don't. I don't know anything about that. No, I, I don't even. I don't even know what it is, frankly. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> is that the uh, the cigar shaped UFOs uh, space fleet? Yes. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Solar. I remember reading yeah. about that. That's interesting, yeah. But that's, uh, yeah. If he doesn't hasn't read about that, he, it's. No. But I'm saying if he knew about the back engineered technology, maybe 
I have evidence that uh, we have back engineered technology. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubts in my mind that there is back engineered uh, stuff. And look, you know, there's reports uh, that I've read, uh, Robert, that we're maybe two hundred, three hundred years more advanced technology-wise uh, than we let on. And I'm talking about we, meaning the government. Now, if that's if that's the case, I mean that's scary to think some of the stuff that's there uh, that we're not using, uh, which begs the question: if if they have technology that advanced, uh, does this mean they've already conquered certain things like free energy, anti gravity? Oh, I'm sure of that. So I why are we not using those technologies? That's the question here. Because they need to sell the oil to make money to fund these projects. That's what it always goes back to, making the money. But, you know, that's another thing, though, uh, guys. Even if uh, they do change to another power source, I mean, who, you know, who's not to say there's not going to be new enterprises that are going to be making money off of it? There's if be it's free, you know, if it's free, it's Nothing free. is really free. You know, the term free energy really is not free. It means it's not draining the resources out of the planet free. But it's going to, the generators are going to cost some money. If it breaks, somebody has to fix them, right? No, you're right. 100%. How is this energy going to be produced? It has to be a machine that produces it. There has to be a station somewhere that powers this thing out to the people. Well, so, I mean, there's nothing that really is going to be free about it. There's a big misconception about the, the whole term free energy. Uh, really, it's not free as what you might be thinking free. Unless it's wind energy and you have a big propeller in the background. That might work. No, is everything right. okay over there, Robert, in the background? Cause... Uh, yeah, everything's fine. Oh, I thought maybe we were being abducted on, on live radio for a second there. No, no. <laughs> well, I'm here. I'm just listening because I can't uh, I can't confirm any of this business about free energy. You will neither confirm nor <laughs> deny it, in other words. Exactly. <laughs> but doesn't it make sense, though, that there is really no such thing as free energy, even if the technology oh, to make sure. energy like that, you know, oh, viable? Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, nothing's free. Yeah, uh, somebody's going to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody's pocket's going to get fat. That's all I'm saying. Right, right, I now, agree. Now, Robert, you said you have a new book uh, in the works. What's the name of this book you have, uh, you're have? you working on? No, it's been published. Uh, but actually, oh. I, I've never read another book. But the, the book I recently published, okay. uh, oh, it's been out about a year now. Anyway, uh, It's called Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. And in there, I uh, basically talk about my 20 years of experience in uh, researching this field and uh, talk about, uh, again, the issue of nuclear weapons. Because I think uh, my incident in particular was, um, and other similar incidents, uh, point to the fact that uh, these ETs, if you will, are... Um, very interested in our nuclear weapons and nuclear energy sources. Uh, now, so, have you come to the conclusion that these things are ETs that are being seen on these nuclear facilities? Uh, there, yeah, there have been many, many sightings. Uh, besides of, yours, I mean, yeah, there's been a few others. Besides mine, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, but are we convinced, though, that they're alien in nature, what we're seeing? Well, I'm convinced because of... Uh, uh, again, the way these uh, craft operate, um, and um, uh, yeah, we we have nothing. Uh, you know, I've studied aircraft all my life. Uh, we had nothing in the inventory at, at that time. 
uh, or now they could do what uh, what these objects did uh, with regard to the missiles. Good to know. So when, if they're not built here, where are they built? Well, let me ask you then. What do you what do you say to uh, the abduction phenomenon and to the you know supposed deal that the U.S. government has with the aliens, uh, where they allowed them to abduct a, a human beings? What, what are your feelings on uh, that? Now you're, you're you're mixing a couple of <laughs> subjects. First of all, the abduction phenomenon is real. Uh, I experienced my own abduction, and I uh, can talk about that. Uh, but whether or not the government is involved in uh, working with ET on uh, abductions, those are called uh, mil labs or military abductions, uh, I have no no evidence, or nor do I believe that. So I, I don't ascribe to that theory. Okay. But, but the fact that uh, people are being taken by extraterrestrial entities is... Uh, to me, an established fact. Um, I'll tell you my story. So, uh, what I what I know about it. <laughs> uh, Nineteen eighty-five. Now, this was bef- uh, after my incident, but before I went public with uh, my UFO incident. I was living in Manhattan Beach with my wife and two small children uh, in a particular house. Uh, I recall. Uh, and uh, one one evening we were all uh, you know asleep, and uh, I, I suddenly wake up and and I notice that there's a bluish light coming from the living room area. Uh, I wake up my wife, and uh, and she also sees the blue light. Uh, I tell her I'm going to get up and investigate, and so I start to get out out of the bed, and I am. Paralyzed, I can't move. Now I, uh, I struggled and struggled, and so this is the first reason I'm convinced this was uh, real and not a dream, because I remember struggling uh, with every ounce of energy I had to try to get my mobility back. I yelled out to my wife, and, uh, and she was unconscious at this point. So uh, um, next thing I recall seeing. Um, uh, a hooded uh, uh, figure in the doorway. And I was also aware that there were others in the bedroom. I can't at this point uh, recall what any of these people uh, and beings look like. Um, but you felt and, the presence in the room, yes, basically. I felt their presence in the room. In fact, um, I thought the, these others were um, uh, childlike because they were small in stature. And the next thing I remember is being lifted off the bed, kind of floating off the bed, and being guided towards the, um, the bedroom window and thinking, specifically thinking, that uh, you know I had locked that window and they don't know how to open it. <laughs> uh, but as it turns out, they took me right through the window. I don't know how crazy that sounds. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but uh, that's what I've been able to uh, retrieve. Uh, uh, and I've been through four hypnotherapy sessions where I've retrieved some of this information. Anyway, I go right through the window. Uh, the next thing I recall, I don't remember a craft overhead or a light or anything or being taken up. Uh, the next thing I recall is being on a, 
uh, like a metal table, um, ostensibly uh, inside a craft. But I was being shown a long needle. They, they actually placed this, what looked to me like a very long hypodermic needle uh, uh, in front of my eyes. So I could, you know, to be sure to see it. And communicated with me that they would insert this into my groin area and it would, it would not hurt. <laughs> well, uh, they, I doubt they that very much. Yeah. yeah. I'm not putting money on that one. Yeah, it just sounds painful. Started to do this, it it hurt like hell. It really was very painful. So that's a second second reason uh, this was not a dream, because I still remember that pain. It was excruciating pain. And, uh, uh, you know, when I objected, uh, the pain went away almost immediately. But um, uh, so that was that... um, Basically, uh, next thing, uh, I was taken uh, through this uh, curb tunnel, uh, escorted by two of these beings. And again, we weren't walking. We were kind of floating through this tunnel, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm back in my bedroom. Uh, and the next morning, I didn't remember any of this. Did you have any markings on your body at all? And, and I don't recall looking at my body because I didn't no. remember any of this Uh my wife didn't remember any of this. We didn't talk about this until um, I think it was 2007. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, so this happened in 85, and we didn't talk about it until 2007. And this was after. What brought it up? What brought up the subject 2007 after such a long time? What's that? The, what brought it up after such a so, long time? Uh, what brought it up? Uh, we were uh, actually at a a conference in uh, Ireland and uh, they had some people speaking there that had been had, had experienced abduction and uh, and so uh, you know a, a couple of these thoughts came to mind uh, some of the details I just mentioned and uh, I just happened to ask my wife I said do you remember back in 80 you know back in 85 see a blue light in our living room and uh, one evening and I was going to go check on it. And she said, yes. Uh, and I'd never asked her that question before. But uh, when she confirmed the fact that she had, had indeed seen that, that blue light, um, uh, that's when I decided to go ahead and get um, uh, hypnotherapy. And, uh, and that's when I started uh, recovering some of these memories. But, so from was, lady, to, me, so from, was, to me, that was a confirmation again that this was not a dream. But from '85 to 2007, it was just kind of like a blurry dream kind of memory. Yeah, it was, it was uh, every once in a while I'd have um, uh, kind of a flashback, but I, you know, okay, I couldn't put it all together, and I didn't really want to. You know, I, I didn't want to think that, and you know, was I really taken? This is pretty wild stuff. But, what do you think the agenda is though, of the uh, aliens with these abductions? Well, I do think part of their agenda is to create hybrids. In other words, okay. part ET, part human. Now, what their objective is with these hybrids, uh, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, let's say, testimony out there. Uh, I can recommend a very good book. 
actually. It's called The Dual Soul Connection. That's by Susie Hansen. She's from New Zealand, but she's a, um, an abductee since she was about, I think, 12 years old. Through her 50s, you know, she's been taken many times. But she, she writes a very good um, account of her experiences. There are other good books out there. One, another one is um, uh, The Andreessen Affair. Uh, Betty Luca Andreessen, uh, Betty Andreessen Luca. Yeah, they were on recently. And, Betty uh, okay. Yeah, nice folks. And her husband. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I think they've got an excellent story, and, and I have great faith in the author of that book, uh, Ray Fowler, who was instrumental in uh, in my incident. I can talk about that a little if you want. Anyway. Between the squeaking of the chair, sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm yeah, sorry. let's talk about that. Let's talk about it for a second. Go ahead. Okay, Ray Fowler uh, happened to be working for uh, Sylvania Corporation uh -huh. uh, in 1967 and had uh, and had uh, representatives at Nelson Air Force Base. Uh, they had an electric a contract on the electrical systems. Um, and so when the incidents occurred, uh, he got the feedback that from his people there that uh, these this was indeed a UFO incident. Now Fowler was um, kind of a, a, a follower of the UFO phenomenon at the time, and, and what also was going on in '67 was the Condon investigation, which you probably heard of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Fowler contacted the Condon. Investigator, a guy named Dr. Roy Craig, and told him about uh, the incidents at Malmstrom. Craig went out to Malmstrom, um, talked to the base ops officer, a guy by the name of Major Lewis Chase. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Lieutenant Colonel Lewis Chase at the time, um, uh, and asked him about this. Chase was shocked that he even knew about it because, of course, the Air Force wanted to hide all these things from the condom investigators because they didn't want them looking into it. Uh, anyway, he he basically told uh, uh, Craig to go away, that this was not a UFO incident, and Craig uh, dutifully uh, went away. Even though he had names and phone numbers of people to talk to, and names of witnesses, all given to him by Ray Fowler. Um, it wasn't, uh, and it, anyway, the accounting committee goes uh, and, and uh, finishes the report and says there's nothing to the UFO phenomenon. And they didn't include my case because they never really investigated it. But Fowler, in 73, gave an um, interview to the Christian Science Monitor, and they actually published it and Fowler spilled the beans there. And that's how um, Timothy Good got a hold of the story from the Christian Science Monitor right up in 1973. And he published it in his book, Above Top Secret. And if he hadn't done that, so if Fowler hadn't gone, and Fowler was risking his job, uh, it was pretty courageous for him to do this. Um, uh, if he hadn't done that, then I, I certainly wouldn't have read that, and I, I wouldn't have come forward with this. So, 
Oh, Fowler's very instrumental. Uh, he's a man of great integrity. I have nothing but great things to say about Ray Fowler. So he lends a lot of credibility to the Betty Luca Andreessen affair. Kind of talk to that man one day. Robert, it's uh, been so much fun having you on. We're almost out of time. I wanted to give you a chance to uh, tell the audience uh, how to find uh, the book, your website, and to keep tabs with what you're working on. Yeah, I've got a website called spiralgalaxy.org. If uh, people want to go to that and go to um, a link to my page, uh, I think it's unidentified. Uh, but um, they can see the evidence. Uh, there's another link to my evidence page, which shows all, uh, much of the evidence that I have to support uh, my incident. And you can also purchase uh, my books from the website, uh, and I'll sign them and uh, send you a signed copy. Uh, or you can go to Amazon.com. They're both on there. Um, that's Beta uh, Giant, and the other one is Unidentified UFO Phenomenon. I got that one, by the way. Great okay. book. Thank you. Good. It's a good book. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Forwarded by none other than Stanton Friedman. Yeah, that's right. He's a great guy, Stanton Freeman. Yes. Yeah, Robert, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much, and we got to do this again soon. You're, you're a wonderful guest. You really are. I appreciate your time, sir. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Have guys. a great night. You too. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Robert Salas, squeaky chair and all. <laughs> Fun guy, though. I mean, a uh, great story. Uh, you know, if you could get past the squeaking chair, it's a, it's a, actually a fascinating uh, UFO story. And uh, his, it, look, th this is what does it for people. When you have your own personal encounter, no matter what it is, it kind of changes the game for you. Uh, even though I will say this much, part of uh, the abduction part of his story really reminded me of of sleep paralysis. Mm, I might lean a little bit toward. I understand where you're coming from on it. Because I have, I suffer badly from sleep paralysis, and so far, you know, I have, like, I've been told you should really see a psychiatrist and see if, you know, have a some hypnotherapy and see if maybe you've been abducted. You have sleep paralysis happened so much. I haven't gone that far, but maybe one day I will. Don't think I've been abducted yet, though. Kind of looking that you know to of, it. you know, you need that past, you need that regression, man, to figure it out. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the experience. That's all I'm saying. Maybe another probing part, but look, I, I'd love to meet aliens. I mean, man, I've said it a billion times. Knock on my windows. <laughs> Just knock on my window, guys. I'm here for you. I really am. Actually, it's the other way around. They're here for you. Unless they're going to eat me, then don't knock on my window. But Soylent Green is people. Mm, crickets? Crickets. Okay, fine. So it's the deserved man again. Yes. Yeah, no one called in. I'm just so like, wow. What happened to everybody? Does it shock you, man? I don't know I'm what a happens. Little, I'm a little bit bothered, but you know. I'm a little bit upset by it. We get the number out three or four times. You know, we had an epic people like Nancy Burns and Robert Salas on. And I don't know I what's mean, going we, on. But... We had a nice-sized guest list. You know, every every week we have some great guests. Every week what we are, do have some great guests. Yeah, what are people waiting for to call in? I'm so I don't sure. know. Maybe next week they'll call in, because next week we have another really fantabulous guest. 
Fantabulous, not just fantastic. No, no, he's fabulous. Fantabulous. fantabulous. Okay, who is it? Frank Joseph is going to be on the show. He's the author of a bunch of books. It's a ton of these written. Man, this guy's done a, a handful of books, and a lot of them have dealt with Atlantis. Okay. So we're going to talk about Atlantis next week. Also, ancient America. Okay. Because that's a hot topic which we don't cover nearly enough. And, uh, you know, it deals with agree to that. also. So, good stuff. Anyway, guys, uh, we got to go. It's uh, unfortunately that time of the show where we got to sign off and say goodnight. Uh, so stick around with uh, Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN. There's a lot more stuff coming up next week. Be here for Frank Joseph. It's going to be fantabulous. And please call in. Now, the podcast will be available within probably 20 minutes on skywatchersradio.com. So everybody listening in, if you want to download the podcast, go to the website. Again, it's skywatchersradio.com. And you can sign up for the website also, which is really neat. It's free sign-up. Sign up on the WordPress. You know, you sign in, you create a user account. You can participate with us on the website. By the way, the website is looking great, Alan. I'm no, I don't know if you've seen it recently. Not this week. I must say the webmaster who's working on it is amazing, this person. Okay. Just amazing. Who is it that's working on it? <clears throat> Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm amazing. Okay. It's All a cool-looking right. website. Right. I won't argue with you. No problem. Skywatchers Radio out. We'll be back next week, everybody. Have a Peace. great night to all. <laughs>